0: All right, everyone, today we have a pretty special episode of Bobby and Jens. We are profiling the dominant domestic UK team, St. Perrin, and there we interviewed their general manager, Richard Pascal. This interview was so interesting from so many different perspectives. First of all, the team has no title sponsor, which is a very interesting model. And they're not scared to do things differently. Most of all, Jens, they have the biggest race of their calendar coming up, the Tour of Britain. What did you think about today's talk with Richard?
1: He is ready, you know, and I love the fresh and different approach he had. Um, And I think they will bring the race to everyone who wants it or who doesn't want a race. But they will definitely be an active part of the race. And I love that. The team is ready so i think he can wait for the days to pass to get it started the biggest race of the year for his team
0: he had so many interesting things to say including his idea on a net zero team which you know we know there is a lot of emissions the big carbon footprint around the world of cycling but his ideas were very interesting and as you're going to hear here pretty soon not so simple and not so cheap so please stick around Sit back, relax, and listen to this episode of Bobby and Jens with Richard Pascal. All right, everyone. We have the Tour of Britain right around the corner. And today, as our guest, we have Richard Pasco from Team St. Perrin, um, who's going to be competing in the Tour of Britain. And Richard, welcome to the podcast. Oh, Thank you very much, guys. Well, there's a... Uh, Big race on your guys' horizon, and uh, just kind of interested in seeing how you're going to look at the race, um, you know, the goals, uh, objectives, you know, your build-up. Just give us a little rundown of what this race means to your team. I guess if you, if you go back and have a look,
2: seven years ago, we were a club team. And if you think there aren't many club teams that, rise to the ability to start riding in pro series events. So I don't know what you equivalent in your local how would be uh with you Jens, or Bobby, but it really is um quite a rise for us from from where we're coming from. So you must always remember where you come from. But we are a minnow. We're a very small fish in a in a big pond. And uh what is really unique about us we have no advertising on our jersey either. So we're doing things in a completely different way. Um, but the key thing about bike racing is you must always respect the bike race. And I'm a bike fan and I really went to pieces a minute ago because I don't have a signature. I'm quite well known for keeping memorabilia and I think you need to respect the sport history. But also be aware of where you are now. And for us, the Tour of Britain, yes, it's the biggest race for us in the calendar. Whilst they say they put your riders in the shop window, we actually want to try to race these races rather than have some traditional Thought around, oh, well, it's going to ride a breakaway and maybe win a jersey. You know, we, we have ambitions around racing that is, you'd almost say it's like our esprit de core is how we feel. And, and certainly the young riders we got, you know, are racing well and we develop year on the year on year on year on year. we will rank the UK's premier team uh, within the UK. There is Trinity, who do a really great job. And uh, Andrew McQuaid's got a really interesting model there in terms of how, you know, he brings his team to the table. But for us, certainly Bobby, it's it's the biggest race on the calendar. Uh, We spent all season, effectively, riding 0.2, 0.1 pros, you know, and a a, a couple of pro series races um, just to get ready.
1: So talking ready, I believe your team is selected and ready. How long before the actual race Tour of Britain starts, did your riders know that they are in or maybe not in the team for the to off britain
2: so we what's very interesting about us as a team as well Gets, is that we try and this isn't the team over giving you a bit of pr right we try and put the riders first okay um we try up our in-house so we, we have a lot of in-house coaching and we've got world world-class coaches well we're very lucky and those of you that are quite clever they'll notice there's quite a few team gb riders which is you know it's coming into our team so we've we've had it on our calendar it's a very important race uh the riders more or less at our level select themselves cream i don't know the equivalent in you know the expression you would have but cream close to the top you know we've certainly got six or eight riders that have the capacity to to ride the race um there'll probably be one or two that are disappointed but i think the rest of the riders are realistic to their ability so you know all year we're we're having dialogues with them we're always having reviews and what we really need to create, you know, if you haven't got the horsepower, you know, compared to the World Tour teams, you've got to have desire, you've got to have quite a clever racing brain around that, and and grab your, as a minnow, we've got to grab our opportunities, but as you probably saw last year, we we created quite an interesting story in the Tour of Britain. I, I don't know if you guys saw the stage where we actually put a rider in the break and see the World Tour team, they determine everything, and the gap had been extended and then we slowed the brake down. We actually slowed the brake pushing the World team guys further back so we wouldn't burn the energy of our riders in that brake and when it was suitably ready, you know, when we, turn, when we turned and got close to the finish, we could we could hold off, you know, the, the big engine. So, you know, to so answer your question again, we, we've known about the race for a long time. The riders are on the best program that we can give them. You know, we have no big sponsor that, or a big benefactor that, that, that pays for us to, you know, to do what we do. So we do everything within our within our capability, but with this race in mind.
0: Well, let's just put you at ease. We were all minnows at one time or another. I know I was a minnow. Jens, I'm sure you were a minnow. You know, when we got that opportunity, for me, this is going way back. Um, I was 18 years old, and I got called up to the second ever tour de Trump, tour de Trump. Now it it turned into tour de pont after that. And I remember what it was like saying, Sean, I I got on the bus at the airport and Sean Kelly was there and he gets on the bus and, you know, they're handing out sandwiches and little bottles of water, snacks, if you will. And of course I grab Mm. it and start woofing it down. And then Sean Kelly goes, to basically the whole bus. And I could hear it as I had my sandwich in my mouth. He goes, no train, no eat. And I was like, I wanted to spit it out, but it was an amazing experience. And you're right. You're minnows, but minnows have to find the, the way to turn into a shark. So are you, do you believe your team is mentally ready to take on that challenge to take on Wout van Aert and riders of that stature? yes they are very ready um, it seems strange talking about it
2: beforehand because um, you know we grow in our expectation you know every every year and you know tour in Norway we did great this year one of our young riders going head to world tour rider you know making it across the break not sitting on then breaking away with you know so you know we've got some expectations around you know our riders and Look, the system is partly broken, you know, we spend an awful lot of money. Then the rider goes on, there's no there's no payback, you know, there's no sell clause like in, in football. So you have to go in this as a team owner with your eyes wide open. You have to I think the most important thing in life as well is to give every rider their event horizon in their life. So as I've got older now, I think if if, if Fifth in that stage is the best that that rider can ever get, realistically. We must give it to that rider, because either when he retires or moves or leaves us, or if that's the best he can get the finishes the sport, that's his event horizon. So never forget where he come from. You know, I can keep these principles, because I don't... I'm not in the world where somebody says, oh, you need television coverage for a sponsor or whatever. We, You know, as long as... We, I'm in charge in the way that we are. We can afford to do the way we do. We must try and, you know, be David, you know, against Goliath. You know, we must give the rider's best opportunity ever. And it's really funny. If you've got the freedom to race, and I don't know about you guys, you know, you had less freedom to race, but if you've got the freedom to race, we're getting some very good results as a result of that culture. I always say, I mean, we've got some GB riders this year with a track focus. And, um, GB have finished their academy program, so you can have an exclusive on the, you know, the, that's been rescinded by by um, by uh, British Cycling because the under-23 program now, riders riders are going younger to World Tour, uh, and the expense, if you like, on us as a federation, that layer has been removed. But we've said, look, we want to be an example of best practice, house them with us, you know, we'll, we'll give them a good road program, but support them on the track program, and kind of been doing this process british cyclists are said just how come you, these riders are going better than we thought and i say well they're not riding around in circles all the time they're not living in a foreign apartment in manchester they're going to see some rights. we're allowing them to have a program that makes the legs go over faster builds the volume of one another and on top of that i tell dad jokes so pretty chilled out
1: so, um, talking results and the riders, what would you think in your personal desire? What would make it a good or a great tour of Great Britain for you, in terms of results? What are you dreaming of, or what do you think is realistic?
2: So, we've got three scales. There's a what could we dream of? Uh, Southend, you know, Steve Lampier. You know, he's at an ex, really solid UK pro three multiple top 20s in and around uh tour of britain so you know very very solid pro very very good ds great in and around the car We have another ex um uk domestic rider or gd rider pro julian winners ds we're good in and around the car okay we were talking today what can we get from the race so we we, we look we look at a race and say right this is the this is the dreaming element and the dream element is always there. That's the romance of our sport. There's always that odd, what would you say, guys, 1%, 2% where it doesn't go to the norm. I guess if you go back a few years, if was 5%, if you go back even further, that percentage was probably larger, wasn't it? That 15% of a chance was there because the break, to go, or whatever. Um, so we looked at what is, what is, you know, wonderful dream for us you guys are clever racers. We've got to get that rider that's got enough capacity to get a few minutes in a break. Um, the other riders fall by the wayside in the next few stages and then, you know, they don't get dropped in, in the rest of the race. That That's our best moment. We're, we're going to race the race. Minnows are a continental license. They're normally allowed to win a jersey, you know, or one another. You know, we, we want to teach these young lads to race bikes. You know, we, we want them to leave us if they've got the capacity and go on to World Tour teams. We have one rider doing that already and I'm fighting against rumours, you know, and I'm trying to make maximum currency on that with the World Tour team. And maybe strategic planning-wise, guys, that's the best for us in the UK is to align with the World Tour team. The best structure, I believe, for us in the UK is maximum three Conti teams in the UK, no more. Um, I don't know what you'd say in Germany, Jens, but, you know, maybe four or five, maybe. I don't know what the what the system would support, but three, three, three Conti teams, one pro Conti team, or miss that out completely, those three be the World Tour team. That's the best structure for our young riders in this country, I believe. We want to be in the mix. We want to be an example of best practice, so not just in and around our riders. We actually provide 24-7, mental health care for all our riders of staff unique we are doing a road to net zero we're not just talking about you know the future art planet but i gotta hold my hand up i am poacher turned gatekeeper 58 with a three-year-old but i've suddenly become aware that my son might not have a planet to, to grow up in so for us it's really important you know it's really nice that you said sam Brown. i love that would say you know no sponsors. It is the patron saint of our region, Cornwall. And interestingly, we have no college riders. Um, and it's the patron saint of Tin mining. But I won our plain jersey with a little bit of tart. To represent some good things that are still left in the sport. You know that romantic thing that you guys had when you were 14? You know, riding, the sun was coming up and you were on that alpine plane and dreaming about the good things about our sport. We want to hold on to that because world sport is brutal. It's really hard, very realistic. You know, it is. He, you know, it's a wonderful ecosystem. And do you know what? Cycling is such a cruel mistress sometimes. It can give you a lot of pleasure, but by God, you pay for it.
0: Yeah, one one moment you're on top of the heap, and the next moment you're in the crap pile. Um, no doubt about it. But. You you said you have uh, mental health um help there at the team, you know. For for me, being as young as I was when I did the Tour de Trump and t- did the Tour de Pont against the idols, my my idols, Johnny Bungeo, Greg lamon Phil Anderson, wow. Andy Hampston, Raul Alcala, Eric broykink there was a intimidation factor there that affected my confidence. So confidence is everything in, in the sport, especially the sport of cycling have, has your mental health carers focused a little bit on really stressing confidence during this, because without being confident in this sport, you're just pack fill. And if you're scared, you're, you're going to have a hard, hard time. So for us.
2: Listen, I can bring the experience of life to the, to the table. Um, 14 years ago in my life, I had a complete breakdown. Some people are in therapy all their life, some come out, it's very well to come out of it. I had a lot of great care and a good family. So I know it's like to be broken. And I remember I was a really good sort of chess player. I did chess, gave it up, thought I failed. Did ball sports, took up cycling, was a mediocre cyclist at best. Never saw the front of the race, you know, but I had five great years, but thought I failed. So I get that whole oh, reward expectation failure thing, and it's getting worse at the moment because, you know, the conversion rate is so so small. So we have to bash a lot of posts, okay? So we have a responsibility to be realistic about rewards and expectations. Very strong on that. Our mental health, which is a year, is really really good because they they are literally on the hand, and it's professional career development. And also for issues around confidence one So we we do not get involved in that process. That must be a standalone independent process. So we provide that. The culture with the team is straightforward. In order to build confidence around the team, I start right at the very top. You know, if a rider says really struggling with, you know, well art is riding and I'll probably say, Oh you know, and it's and it's I normally say, Nobody's died, nobody's got cancer, stop stressing. You're riding a bike. It's a privilege, living in the moment. So to try and bring the culture we try and set up is is one of fun. The culture is one of look, two legs, arrow lungs, trouble is you guys are exceptional. You know, there are, you know, look, there's, there's there's riders with big minerals, right? They've got the minerals. And some of ours actually got the minerals and they need developing, but we say it's a journey. But what is crucial with our, our mental health care, it's there. And we do have staff and riders that use it. We don't know when they use it. We, we've got no idea. Sometimes a rider will come back and go, do you know, I had a few sessions, like, I feel great there. We just go, that's, that's brilliant. So we're very proud Bobby, that we actually, you know, give that. We don't just talk about it. You know, it's... And look, team owners, you know, they'll spend money on an extra race or extra equipment or whatever. No, what we spend our time doing is infrastructure 12 vehicles websites are great you know it's kind of we want people to be part of our ecosystem as i call it um you know we're all bike fans and we just want to be small team with a big heart and just keep racing that way because the minute you try and play thinking you're idiots you're lost because that's a 50 million pound a year animal you know with everything that goes with it you know so we we we've got to respect where we are and give the young lads, you know, we do have a women's team and you know, we have a mountain bike team. And, you know, we, we've got to give them that opportunity with full confidence. Good question.
1: So um, exploring a little bit more about that, would you then agree that um, that old saying that only in a healthy body lives a healthy mind? That's also part of your strategy, no? I mean, keeping the kids physically fit, but also in your ecosystem, it sounds like you are close. To each other, right? That you trust each other, that you work together more like a family than uh, just basically um, numbers and uh, money based uh, pro <coughs> sport. I, I, I think you're right because we don't have any other currency other than that, do we? You know, the,
2: you know, you guys tell me about world pro sport. I mean, I've mentored, you know, gold medalists and world champ, but on the outside, and I've seen look. The only thing we got to make ourselves different is that culture of, you know, being, you know, I turn up to wherever I am and I'll, I'll ride with some cider or beers or brownies, you know, I'll walk on a team bus, a world tour team bus and go, there you go, guys, there's some brownies, and walk away again. Because we're all equal. You've got to remember, we're all equal, equal you know, and it's just a simple way. It's not, I'm not saying it's the way it should be, but it's our way. And I guess because I'm a dad, I mean, I, you know, I've done two good things in my life. Yeah, I've mentored a really good cyclist and I've got a three-year-old. And those are the two things I've done. And When, you know, I don't know, you've got six, you've got to start watching television, mate. <laughs> oh, my goodness me. But No wonder you've got to keep working, right? But we have a responsibility. You know, I'm not romantic. We're, You know, we are in the bottom layer of the serious business cycle. And so many teams come and go, we're going to be around for the next four or five years, but, you know, we're not going to do it. We're not going to sign a rider on the hike that we win this race and that brings sponsorship. We're not going to do any of the things that we've seen up to now around it, providing we can keep affording it, make it sustainable. We literally have an old lady who will live 20 miles from, see where I am now, give us five pounds for the year, you know, and we take, we, you know, we take that, you know, we, we you know, we want you guys i mean we work on subscriptions we work at different revenue things you know we want to represent you guys you represent us and what's cool about the team you've got open access to it and you've got honest answers as well i can either afford a great kit good program no salary nobody says this you know they all every pretend i can do two out of three because all we are is a family myself my fiance my little boy and then we've got everybody else putting into this ecosystem. We've got people giving up their sweat equity. We've got riders going, oh, this is quite cool, actually. What, you're doing this, you know, we've become friends with race organisers. We want the media because when the sport is beautiful, it's beautiful. And we want to try and keep away from some of the, not the other side of the sport, but some of the ways that things are done. We, we, you know, the way it comes across with our riders, look at any interview that they do. We don't script it. They go, this is amazing. I'm really loving it. We have a national series in the UK, the national races. Um, So, so far this year in the first race, uh, we did one, two, three. The second race, we did one, two, three. Unprecedented and never done in 100 years. These are 140 UK elite athletes and teams. We did that. And then just this weekend, we had six starters in it. We did one, two, three, four or five. And they say it's oh, there's not the level of competition or whatever. The race has been run off at faster speed than it ever has done in the last twenty years in the UK. But all we're doing on Tuesday, the guys were uh, riding against World Tour Riders, uh, tour alurevin. You know, they got camping Arts and all the rest of it and they were in the mix at the final bit, you know, and these young guys have got to go there and learn to race. And we we can only win with heart and mind, Jens, you're right. That's all we that's the only currency we've got. You know, and I don't want it to change. You know, it will change if somebody gives me forty-five million pounds for a logo, and we'll have a go at Tour of France for two years. We'll buy it all in. I'll sit, and drink coffee. Somebody else can do it, and you know, maybe, maybe that's.
0: I am quite intrigued because I did work for Sky. I saw the the level of organization. I, you know, we all know that they they have a good budget now. They're they're Ineos. But at the beginning, Rod Ellingworth had the Academy program. And he's you sound very similar to the Academy program, where it was teaching the boys the the basics, the life skills, the building blocks. I don't think they were paid to be on that academy. I'm not sure. Don't quote me on that. But it produced yeah. some amazing athletes, some amazing guys that are still in the sport. I mean, Garrett Thomas is still at the top of his game. Um, Mark Cavendish, same thing. I mean, he's, he came out of that kind of un pampered lifestyle, but I just have a hard time getting my head around the fact that you have a men's road team, a women's road team and a mountain bike team, yet you have no title sponsor. Um, I know it sounds like you just kind of mentioned it, that there's maybe some kind of fan fundraising, but this is not a cheap sport. I mean, go into a bike shop and just try to buy a water bottle or a, a, a tire these days and you can see how expensive it is. So you say that you don't pay your riders and you give them a good structure, a good program and a, in a good kit, but that still costs money. How do you survive? How does this team function?
2: So the first thing is is resonance. We we resonate with a lot of people, okay? Look, I've been involved in the bike industry for a long time, so our opportunity cost is less because you've got some knowledge. But we resonate with people. So what we try and do, so we say, so St. Pyrin now, there is some licensing that goes on. There's some coffee and ice cream and whatever. So let's do corporate speak. Hi Bobby, hi Jens. Um I'm going to spend theoretically a million pounds advertising your brand next year. Give us a small amount of money. So what we do is we say Simper will represent you. So it's a nice we haven't got 27 sponsors. So I can work with so I can work with podcasts. I can work with travel people. I can work with anybody to say look. What are your problems? I mean, what what are your problems? We'll we we'll, we'll give you some visibility. We we'll give you some great content. We've got parity in the sport. Road to that zero sustainability, and we're doing it. So we've got a good source. and it resonates with people. And we also organise events at grassroots. So we put a we put a structure in grassroots to elite that includes everybody, and that's our job to say, anybody in the ecosystem, what would you like to do with us, or what can we do for you? Okay. And this this might sound, you know, a little bit new. My original model, when I when will we'll be growing it, was and there's a lot of things around the, the figures around running the consultancy team and you guys. You can probably write down a piece of paper, hold them up, and we'll be we'll all be pretty close. You know, within I don't know, twenty five thousand bucks or pounds or whatever, euros or whatever. You know, we'll be there or thereabouts. Um, my original idea. 50 people giving us 5,000 of benefit somewhere or or money or resource would, could probably get us on the road. And it's only happened this year because we've, we've had so many eyes on us. So we've been lucky to have some software called Brandwatch that looked at us. And Brandwatch told us that 180 million people over two years had seen us. And we're going, wow. And it's because the, the people that clean on the bikes, they wait a minute, i or St. Piran, no appetizing. And the are riding, so they're clicking on and they're looking. And we are kind of a disruptive niche marketing brand. And then people said, I want to help these guys because you know what? They're doing everything that they say on the team. And this year we're, you know, we're highly credible on the road. There's so many stories about, oh, we're here to let riders go on or whatever. There's so many things wrong with our sport. Um, the beauty of it is a free to watch sport. We don't get paid. You covered all of this in lots of other ways. But what we try and embody or get people involved with and Bobby and Jens is we want the fan or the engagement or the people to become involved with us. And it's very easy for us to say, work with us and we'll work with you. So we want to work with governing bodies, race organizers, other teams. Very clever try to source and do things for other teams and I've got to be very careful we might cut it out later but I've actually formed a collective with other team owners at quantity level uh, you can imagine that being difficult with the UCI because if you're working collaboratively to reduce your costs or net zero or less, less, less vehicle use or buying better or information about riders they're going to say oh aren't you collaborating on the road so I don't know leave it in there see what comes you know, um, you, just innovative ideas about how we can change it. And because, and again, I don't know how much, I would be really interested with in you guys. How often did you have a logo on your jersey? Is probably your team manager said, I want you to go up the road for two hours today for TV
0: exposure. Was that ever really said to you? I'll jump in and say no. Um, TV exposure was secondary, the result was what mattered. Um, I don't know, Jens, early on in your career, was there anyone that told you to do that just for the TV exposure?
1: Um, in the year 97, actually, when I was in a smaller team, just would be probably in today's world, it would be a pro quantity team. It was half Australian, half from Czech Republic. There, yeah, Yes, um, at some races, they told us... Um, we want to be on TV. We know the big guns going to get us in the end. We're not going to win, but we want to make sure we are seen to be part of the race. There were races where we were good enough to go. Yes, we tried to have a performance here, but in 97, yes, we had maybe three races in the year where they said, look, guys, we go out and show ourselves. But then I signed with a bigger team. And of course in a bigger team, it's all about the performance. Just like uh, Bobby said, does it make sense to you the answer?
2: Yeah, it's I, we you know we hear it a lot. Oh, it's really great for you to go and do. We we, we won't do that. We will not. we will not do. we we'll not do a suicide mission. You know why would we do it? It's it's disrespectful to the rider. Then he doesn't get a result. You know, um, he's the, he's got nothing at the end of the season. So we lose our values again. So you know, we won't get into that. You know, most people say, again, look, you're gonna ride the Tour of Britain. Would you? We'd rather not go for a. You know a jersey, because really, what's really important is racing the race. You know, and you know we're really keen. We're 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 really keen on that. But it's um, yeah, it's it it's very interesting. What would you guys give us advice to a team at our level, given the knowledge?
1: Like I'm I'm blown away by your approach. Like it, it is like you think outside the box, which is awesome. You know. And you are right. If you force the rider to go on a TV break, yes, he will not get a result. He will be seen and maybe, you know, um, his parents are going to be happy on TV because they saw him. But in the long term, you are right. My only advice would be don't be shy, don't be intimidated. As, As soon as everybody has a number on and the gun is shot, everybody is allowed to race. Maybe the big teams don't like to race the zero, but the race is on. It's written black and white in the rules. The race is on. And when maybe the big teams want to have a break, it is not written in stone that everybody has to follow their desires. So don't be shy. Don't let yourself get intimidated. In a fair way, of course. You don't have to yell them or push at them, right? Of course not. In a fair and sporty way, feel free to express your own racing style.
0: I I agree 100%. And just to add a little bit more is I don't know why, but very early on, we would do races with teams that were uh, below us in in talent and budget. And and I would always kind of root for those guys because we were all one of those guys at one time or another. And I remember in a race over here in the US, it was... um, like we used to have the Philadelphia race series. I think it was Trenton, New Jersey. This, I'm coming out of the urinal there behind the start finish line. And standing in front of me is a young rider named Rashan Bahati, who we've had on our podcast before. And he was just like, so excited. I'm like, man, I just came out of the urinal. Like, how you doing? It was kind of creepy. And he goes, do you have any advice <laughs> for advice for today? And I kind of forgot that I said this, but he brought it up to me and uh, says it quite often. He goes, yeah, you don't remember what you said? I said, come on, that was quite a while ago. He goes, you told me it's not about the pedal strokes you take. It's about the pedal strokes that you save. And I've used that my entire career. And I just wanted to thank you for saying that. So I always kind of went out of my way to give these young riders on the smaller teams their confidence, their chance, uh, their legitimacy to be there because I know there were some riders that did that to me back in the day. So a hundred percent, once you put that number on, you are in the race, you race your race. There's expectations. There's like Yen said, those unwritten rules, but man, if, if it's time to attack in your mind, go for it. And whatever happens happens, but I don't think you'll regret making that attack compared to regret, not making that attack and, and actually getting something out of the, out of the race for yourself.
1: We'll be back after this short break.
0: Now back to our chat with Richard. I'm burning to
1: hear your answer to this question. Now with all your new ideas and your way of approaching things. How do you and your team work together and get along with the British Cycling Federation? I give you a joker. You can say next question, please. But I'm just burning to find out how they take your new and fresh approach. Is it a good cooperation with them? Are you going, you know what? Just don't stay stay out of my business. How, How do I have to imagine you working together with the British Cycling?
2: So Jens, normally when somebody looks away, you don't get a straight answer, but... I, I given it a lot of consideration because when somebody asks me a question now, if they've asked it, I will give a hundred percent. When I finished racing, you know, I, I, I stopped when I should have carried on. I should have seen, you know, I enjoyed the racing and, and did. I went into the world of business and then the trouble with the world of business. And if you've got unfinished things, you've got to, res- you've got to grow up as a, as a man yourself. I probably wasn't happy in myself. And I didn't answer things honestly. Because in business they go, how's business? You go, oh, it's great. Okay. Oh, no, it's not. I've got suppliers chasing me or whatever. So you learn to lie. We all learn to lie. We, what starts as a small little white lie, builds and builds and builds. So to answer your question, for five years, I started as a club team. A couple of years as a club team. Then as a status in the UK called an elite team. And we were considering that entering in our fifth year to be a quality team. Because actually, the tour bridge was starting cool. But every two months, I'd written to every director at British Cycling, membership, asset provision, performance, all the heads of whatever, an email, say, yeah, we've got a journey. We'd like to have some dialogue. What we do in this journey, one thing or another. How many replies do you think I had in five years for my email for, all right, guys, let's have a dialogue?
1: Five,
2: Bobby. How many do you think?
0: Uh, the way that you phrased it, I'm going to go with zero.
2: <laughs> Correct.
0: <laughs> Keep oh, those no. um,
2: oh. oh I did have a, actually. Ends. I had a couple of holding emails. I think. So, on that basis, you could get angry or upset or pissed off. Wait a minute. Say about your joint federations. We. You own your federation, or we do. We're members. So whenever I see a director, I go, hey, you're not a director. You work for me. We own you. But new regime, a guy called John Dutton's gone in, a new CEO, Drop him a message like so I always do. You know, I'll probably hold you guys for the next six months until you give me one of your old shirts or you do something for so us. or Maybe i get your listeners to subscribe just $1 a week or whatever. Um... I dropped him a direct message. said, so, look, we think, but by now, we've become a quality team. But he spoke. Within a month, I'd taken four of my, the team of people around us. You know, we've got Steve Lampier on the road, who's fantastic. We've got, got Luke Humphreys at Commercial, who's fantastic. Adam Harrodance, who's doing our PR. We went to Manchester, and we had a five-hour meeting around State Sports, you know, what's happening in our sport and what's basically happening. We've got a 5% conversion rate to world tour. You know, we're doing quite well. Uh, I think we've got 26 in the world tour and maybe 15 at pro Conti. So it's like an hour last figure. The Conti scene is being squeezed and world tour teams are signing younger riders. So we're being squeezed, but we had a four hour meeting. No, no, some us, We went positive, positive. What can we do for change? We'd already been working with the performance side. Um, because we took some riders that were exiting the academy last year. So we had an unwritten rule with performance. Um, Some good people there giving us riders, but straight to the head office saying, let's have a conversation. What's it like to change? So to answer your question, I think it was very poor previous, and now it's very strong. So imagine you two could walk in, the ASO and the USI. Oh, my God, that would be a podcast. And, uh, you know, we've got access to the top table, which is very important. And we've got a voice and we're not saying it's do it our way. We're just saying, this is one way that we're doing it. And I firmly believe in the UK, different France, different Belgium, each country's got a different structure or way of doing things. And it's interesting, but I think if there was dialogue around the world about how countries are doing it, we, we, cycling would really take off, I think, but now yeah, very strong working relationship. Very, very strong. The point now that, you know, we're gonna try and our track program is our world currency. Our federation gets money for participation and for performance. And our unwritten job at the moment is to keep those guys um that are on the track program a road programme. And I will at the expense of the team at the expense of the team, give that odd percent or one percent or two percent, those track guys. And you did see, think about it, we had a, a world champion of Will Tidbull and uh, Jack Root and Gray was forced to the amateur road race that he'd attacked 10 minutes later. But actually, the 23, wow, he rode well. But they were 10 world tour guys already in that under 23 race. And that was our young 19 year old just had a bit of fun. So we've got good dialogue. All right. We've got, to, oh, we think we're, a proponent for change. We think we can save our Federation and our taxpayers or members money by doing it our way. We think our conversion rate is very high. We would like an ongoing dialogue. Very interestingly in the World Tour team. Is it twenty four of them? Is it eighteen or nineteen now of quality tea teams? You're probably more up to date than I am. Or is it is it twenty out of the twenty four have got quality or developer teams? Um very, very few left. Very few left. I mean we would like to work with those teams, because it's our investment then that's helping or give us 10% your budget and we'll produce even better raw material and we can do it by by working with our track program guys we want to do a, a UCI like women's team next year I think there's space for that we'd like to do a UCI conti women's team but that's I'd rather have some instant money for that rather than try and build it because this energy that I've had for the last seven years i wouldn't want to do it again i'm trying to bring in young people to do the jobs and i say to you guys you could have governing bodies federations race organizers and teams the media you guys are our option and our currency we cannot do without you guys so we need you guys more aligned to the various team you know and Different teams have different matches, more aligned to the federations, more aligned to the big races because we've got to stop talking about in industry, in industry, although well, it's very interesting to be, we're going to start talking out of industry. You know, we've got to be, you know, we've got wider discussions to be had around health and wellbeing. And somebody's asking what is real success? Real success. I can give you a couple of examples. The first one was, well, we were a UK elite team. We had a guy that was really good over twenty-minute times. So, wasn't the racing program in the UK? Probably not one in in Northern Europe per se. You know, he should have been based in Italy or you know, south of France or whatever. That was his only forte. He rode with us and um, national races, and he wanted to finish. I think in the top twenty. Of one of the races now that we're winning all. We gave him that moment, and end of that season. At 21, 22, he said it's not for me. And unbeknown to me, he had an interview with the Foreign Office. They only take six people a year out of, I think, five thousand applicants. He got straight into the job. I was in tears. I got a got welling up now. The email said, because of the career that you gave me for this year, learning around sport and how hard it is, I've got a job in the Foreign Office. I can talk to people. I can leave this sport on a high knowing that you, at some point Gage, this moment. I've got an amazing job. I'm happy and I'm fulfilled. And that was my first successful moment in this team.
0: Wow. I mean, that's the reason why we wanted to have you and your team on this podcast, because you're obviously doing things in a different way. And I think our sport is rooted in some... Some... History, for some reason, you know, everyone's scared of a change. But on top of everything that you've shared with us, our viewers, and our listeners so far, one thing I wanted to go back on and ask you about is your net zero approach. You know, if you're ever in a bike race, standing on the side of the road, you see motorcycles, a fleet of cars, buses, trucks. You know, there seems to be a lot of carbon dioxide being produced, you know, a lot of um, maybe lack of recycling, to say the least. You know, it's a very kind of uh, expensive, wasteful sport. But how does how are you making En-ROADS in trying to be more net zero with the emission standpoint?
2: Okay, boys, let's ask you a straight question, and you know the answer to this. Why do teams not take on this as a thought process or initiative? Why not?
1: Because, yes, it is expensive. It it would uh, have to be restructured a lot of things. It would be complicated. There would be some sacrifices needed. And in a moment, nobody is willing or ready to uh, do these sacrifices.
2: You need to be on a podcast, Jens. That was brilliant.
1: I take it as a compliment. Thank you. You make my day. Fantastic. (laughs) Thank you, Richard.
2: So, yeah, the team doesn't want to do it because it costs money. Okay. So, we partnered with um, Exeter University. It's a big university in the Southwest. And, look, if you get measured for your carbon footprint is one, that costs a lot of money. I couldn't afford it, I wanted to do it. So I had to find a partner that was willing to do that for me. And had tens of thousands of pounds to do it properly. And my God, when they do it, the results are shocking. You, you go, we don't want to be doing it, because, oh, that, that, that doesn't read very well. And that's why we don't do it in sport. You've got to go, hang on a minute, it's not great news. So we want to talk about net zero, I'll talk about that in a minute, and circular economy, that gets a So basically, the circuit economy is are we better off doing up an old diesel car and keep it out of the road? Because it's already been made, rather than that Tesla that is now going to cost us X amount out of our planet in order to put that in. So we need to talk about net zero and circular economy be we need to bring them both at the same time. And we started to look at what we're doing and it and it's horrendous. So starting at the top. What's the first thing that we could do? Yes, is vehicles a hybrid vehicle, is no use to bike racing at the moment because it's got a 200 mile or 350 kilometre range. So, what happens is, if we go to a race, we would not to leave a day earlier because you've got to charge it a couple of times, so your accommodation cost goes up. So, we've got some problems around this space. You've got to talk about where they are. We want to partner with a car producer, okay? We could work around the hybrid space, but that we've got to take on more staff, or we've got to find a better one. and an accommodation partner to actually drive down those values. so that's the conversation we're having at the moment, which is a painful you have to have painful conversations in order to get a solution. and guys, what I do have I slightly I, I partnered with the bottle manufacturer. I should have just put one up he's an advert we we partnered with the bottle manufacturer and I want the UCI to pick it up. He's got a gel inside it. You can put the gel inside and the liquid so you're not throwing wrappers away. But at the moment, it's in a leisure format. I'd like to share that with people. There's anybody on the programme who wants to drive that project through. The three main bottle manufacturers in the world, Um, they know who they are. I'd like to take that to them. It reduces waste at races. Gel wrappers is a thing, right? It's a very, very small thing. And we think we've already got a bottle, lad, where you don't have to throw away the the wrapper even the veto so we've overcome that one. And then what other steps do we want to do? We're collecting all our tires naturally. we're doing all of that. Our clothing is in the contract now comes back year end. so you can't buy a Bobby or Yen shirt off us or one of our riders or you sell it on eBay because you've gone onto a new team or whatever else you you do it's got to come back and we're actually looking at look can that filter down to our development teams you know? How do we feel about sweaty chamois? You know, or, or whatever. You know, we joke about it, but there is a place for our clothing. There's a place for our cars. There is now a place for our carbon. And this is the big thing, Bobby, what we're going to do. And it's a shell has been dropped on my lap in as much as that. I put my neck in the news again. We are taking on the Tour of Britain. So we've got the riders, we've got the staff. We're going to have to pay for extra staff. We're going to take six extra staff, one of which, is actually coming from the university and doing an audit on the waste that we produce as teams. And I don't believe that any other teams have ever done this on the Tour of Britain. How many towels do we watch? And the results are not going to be great either. But the university said, look, let, let's, let's look at what you're actually... Don't hide it, what you're actually doing. And I'm, I'm frightened, but we're having to pay £1,500 bring that person around with us. But we'll have the dialogue. I don't like the answers because none of us want to ask the questions at the moment, but we ask the questions. We might have a solution. Second thing coming on that part of what I've done with this collective, I'll set up a collective with other Conti team owners. And let's say we're going to go ride this out. You know, one of the tours, you know, we do the Olympia tour, which is tour Holland or tour Germany goes back or wherever, wherever. Why are we taking like X number of cars, X number of vehicles? When if we shared vehicles, actually, it's in our interest to reduce them down. Yes, we've got our team cars in the race, and there's there's legislation around that. But why take four vans when two two would do? And we could we could. But then it's about how they get graphic up and the image and all the rest of it. But we call those vans the collective, right? And team one two and three are working at it bang we've instantly reduced down our footprint and guess what you know we're not tiring our staff or we're sharing we it's a bit like sharing and shopping isn't it it's not rocket science so bobby we're doing looking at more audits taking more people we'd love to get cars right we've got a a solution around bottles and wastage. and again i think it's um, um answered isn't it who's the uh, the rider's representative for safety and stuff like that i'd like to get something i tried to drop drink. Actually, draft look we've got a bottle we've got a bottle that because basically he's got a a, a filter on it. you can either drink liquid or flick it over to gel what a great idea okay and it's trademarked it's patented. the world could have it because it does do something real so with blue sky thinking i don't just want to think about it where i can we'll try put a hand in the pocket and make a positive change so what we're doing bobby is all of those things and inviting people in even if we don't like the answers sometimes but we've got to be prepared to ask the question in order to find a way forward it just frightens me for my three-year-old that's the generation that's going to say you guys effed up this planet if we're not careful and
0: i don't know if you feel it Aaron. what do you guys feel oh i feel it um i think about it every day you know i'm 52 years old or almost 52 years old uh, my kids are going to be on this planet a lot longer than me so I, th- I think this is something that that all sports need to look at um because yeah there's there's a lot of things going on in this world right now that are a little bit unexplainable and it kind of comes back to you know the pollution uh that we're we're making and cycling is an outdoor sport there is a lot of carbon footprint, if you will, you know, riders fly to the races, you know, the trucks and buses and vans are more and more and more because these teams are getting so much more specific with their support that they provide for the riders. But I like that idea of if you're going to the race, instead of sending three vans back half full, uh, combine that and and save cost and save the carbon footprint. I, I agree a hundred percent.
1: I love the fact how you, embrace this journey for you. I mean, it's a, it's a learning by doing process for you as well, right? Nobody has ever done it. So you just jumped into the water and taught yourself how to swim in the water. Right? Um, I'm really impressed of how you go. Yeah, I know the result's not going to be really pleasant, but we got to ask the question and it's a start. And I love the fact how you are realistic about it. You go, we cannot do 100 to zero within a year. We got to be logic about it and realistic about it. but you asked all the right questions and you pull a little bit here, a little bit there, and you make it better step by step. I, I'm fascinated by that. Ricky, it was an absolute pleasure and honor to have you on a podcast. It was so interesting to learn all about the team, St. Pyron, and we wish you all the best for the future. And hopefully in the future, we will have you back as a guest. Thanks a million one more time for being our guest today. Thank you, guys. For me, right, I'm a bike fan,
2: Bobby. Nearly in tears, Jens. Uh, just, see, I kept the emotion till the end. Thank you very much for everything you do and for giving us that, you know, that oxygen to
0: spread our little message. Start small, dream big. Well, that's all the time we have for this week. Huge thanks to Richard for being our guest.
1: Thanks for listening. And please give us a five-star review and share us with your friends.
0: The show was a Velo production in association with Shock Giraffe, and it was produced this time and edited by Mark Payne.
1: Remember to check out the video version of this podcast by heading to the Outside Watch YouTube channel and follow us on Twitter, Instagram, Threads, and Facebook. Just head to Bobby and Jens, and please send your cycling
0: stories to us. Richard had some revolutionary thoughts on how to reform cycling. What changes would you like to see in the sport of cycling?